Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 274th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Can't complain. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, trying to think of anything interesting at anything. all. There's just, just nothing. nothing. Um... No. Just nothing. Just nothing. Well, I'm staring right at this framed note that we have from Dennis Gates. Yes. On this little bookcase over here. And it says, thank you for all your support. Uh, what? A, I can't read it. Continue to do your very best. Exactly. M-I-Z. And, and ev- that, that every, makes me want to do my best yeah. every time I look at it. I think we've lived up to that every day since we've received it. Yeah. We try. I think we showed that on air before. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Britt Brit got us that. Yeah. Good friend Britt. Mm. I saw Dennis Gates on an airplane. And got right? him to just jot down a little note like, for us. Just write us a little note. Yeah. Incredible job. Incredible. Uh, maybe someday we'll have like a camera over here looking at me that will catch that in the background. It'll be there. Get some posters behind you. Who knows? Uh, we just recently got the producer cam cam going and yeah. now we're having issues that we might not even be able to use that this week. We'll see. We'll see. I'll wave anyway. Maybe he's there. Maybe he's not. <laughs> His voice is there at least. That's why we can't have nice things, man. Yeah. Just hold the challenges. Technology. Uh, what all are we going to talk about this week? Uh, we're going to talk basketball. They're looking decent, uh, if not good even. Who knows at this point? Uh, Got to play Kansas, though. We'll talk about that. We will talk transfer portal. Uh, there's some names out there that have been linked to Missouri that we want to talk about. Before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Uh, basketball. Missouri improves to 7-2 and two after defeating Wichita State 82-72 to 72 at home. And this was kind of a weird one. I didn't. I wasn't able to catch it live, so... I watched a little bit of a replay on the ESPN app, watched some highlights, so it's a little bit fuzzy for me, unfortunately, but Missouri looked good. It reminded me of the Pittsburgh game where Missouri just kind of looked like the better team throughout, and you know, they this was a game they were supposed to win by all accounts, but they've been so inconsistent, you never really know, um, but I was very impressed. I thought, obviously, Sean East looked really good. I think this was the first time we've had Nick Honor, Sean East, Tamar Bates, Noah Carter, and Aiden Shaw as our starting five. So new starting five, I think. I was happy to see Bates in the starting lineup, but he only played 14 minutes. I was happy to see Aiden Shaw in the starting lineup, but he only played 13 minutes. Caleb Grill came off the bench and played like 25 minutes, had a really good game. A lot of good effort plays from him. Overall, it just looked like the good version of this team that we've seen a few times now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in control most of the time, most of the game and made it kind of interesting at the end. But um, yeah, and I kind of lived and died by the three a little bit again. But I think that's just kind of who this team's going to be. Uh, maybe starting to gel a little bit. Caleb, like you mentioned Caleb Grill is a player that kind of had a slow start, but double might, double for might him. be kind of finding his role a little bit more. So hopefully we, we start to see more of that. Bates, in 14 minutes, though, he did manage to get three steals. That was something early on, um, like three minutes into the game, Wichita State already had six turnovers. And, uh, yeah, and they start off like 12 to zero or something like that, Missouri yeah, did. Yeah, Wichita State turned the ball over 18 times. Wow. That's a good number for Missouri. And Missouri only, only turned it over nine times. And that was the difference in the game, basically. And Missouri was... It's been kind of rare this season so far, but they were able to get to the free throw line and make their free throws. They made 23 of their 25 free throw attempts. So they were kind of living at the free throw line, uh, made 11 three-pointers. Sean East still making threes, three for four. His numbers now are kind of insane. Still not a crazy number of attempts, but he's 13 of 21. That's 62% from three, third best in the nation. That's pretty good. That'll play. Andy's Andy's shooting uh, 57% from two. 
but his usage is still fairly low. He's got a pretty good assist rate, though. Turning the ball over probably a little bit too much. But overall, he's been the star of the show so far mm-hmm. early on. Uh, Nick Honor had 15 points. He's also shooting 45% from three. There was a couple plays. I feel like he, if there's an offensive rebound from Missouri, just find Nick Honor. Yeah. Because he. So many second chance yes, threes. He makes those, the transition pay. threes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Aiden Shaw, we talked about him a little bit. He had another game with three blocks. And he is one of the top guys in the whole country for block percentage so far early this season. And Missouri as a team, I think, is top 10 in blocks, third right now in blocks. So um, it feels like, obviously, Coach Gates has talked about like sort of honing in on that strength for Shaw, blocks and rebounds, basically. And them focusing on that basically in one off season and so far this year and the impact that has made on his ability to block shots feels like that's something that should translate to like getting Jordan Butler to do the same thing from freshman to sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing like a uh, marked improvement in like specific skills is a great, a really good sign and just of, of the coaching staff's ability to develop the players and definitely love to see that. I feel like we are just like going to have to mention uh, Trent Pierce every show, just like a little Trent Pierce update. Yeah. Uh, he only played six minutes. St- makes it a little bit confusing, all the stuff we were hearing. Like, literally, we heard a few things before the season started about how he was dominating scrimmages and uh, like secret exhibition, uh, games. exhibition games and stuff. So we have not seen that yet. And unfortunately, I saw a stretch last in the last game where on offense, air balls a three, and then uh, he doesn't get back, and Wichita State scores in transition, or maybe he fouls the guy. And it's just like, man, that those are the kind of Gotta plays. the little things. Those are the kind of plays that are keeping on the bench right now. Yeah, I would say Trent Pierce and Tamar Bates playing time both are kind of head scratchers, maybe more so Bates than anything. Yeah. Considering he's kind of like a seasoned uh yeah, power five player who mm-hmm. has played quality minutes for a for a really good Indiana team. So um that one that one definitely is has surprised me maybe more so than anything as far as like minutes go. Vanover has looked good, uh scored eleven points and had uh a perfect four of four from the free throw line and made a three so he had it going offensively in just 17 minutes and anthony robinson just every single game he makes a play where he does not look like a freshman yeah he had a steal and then a bucket off of it against wichita state it's so crazy i don't know it feels like still though if they if this team was eight and one and had just squeaked one out against Jackson State at home, it feels like a different vibe. Yeah. But this is the same team that's competing against these top 100 teams and winning on the road. Unfortunately, there is a massive road matchup that may just be insurmountable because Missouri has to go to Allen Fieldhouse and take on the Jayhawks, who are 8-1 and one on the season, number two team in the AP poll, and 11th on Kempom. They already have big wins this season against Kentucky, Tennessee, and most recently against UConn. That game was in Lawrence. They looked really good. But all three of those games were pretty close, and they had a little bit of a a scare. Not quite a scare, but they only won by eight against... Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a game that, you know, was a little too close for comfort, but... Unfortunately, this Kansas team is really good. I know. It's like uh I this is a Mizzou podcast. <laughs> uh well, you can't even sure you can't even sugarcoat it. It's yeah. like uh Kansas is probably a top 5 team in the country. They added Hunter Dickinson from mm-hmm. Michigan who is one of the best players in college basketball. This uh series that they have uh started once again the last two years, neither game has been remotely close at all. Um Man, it's kind of discouraging. It's and then we got to go play at Allen Field House, which is of course one of the hardest places to win in the sport. And somehow this is the game that will probably be somehow really close. Like, <laughs> you know, the, because this team makes no sense. Yeah. Is, you know, this this somehow will be the game that's competitive. 
Yeah, Dickinson coming over from Michigan was just like when that happened in the offseason, it was just like, of course. Yeah. Of course they're able to go get him. Yeah. A, liter- a player the of the year candidate. Biggest transfer in the portal by far. Uh, I'm just sure. a, a position of need. Yeah. And they just fill that spot with the best player you could yes, hope to like get. Yes, like this versatile big man who will shoot threes and just like the, I don't know. Yeah, it's so it's so frustrating. And they bring back uh, Kevin McCuller, who was uh, at one time a transfer from Texas Tech. He's having the best season of his career. Uh, KJ Adams is back as a forward who is more efficient than ever with Dickinson taking away the big man defender and Dickinson is rebounding everything. So Adams is not having to worry about that as much. Um, Dewan Harris is still there. Just one of the most solid steady point guards in the country who is like, doesn't really have pro prospects, but Mm -hmm. that's the kind of point guard that Bill Self wants. He wants somebody who can, sort of be the floor general for four years yeah just uh like a distributing point guard who doesn't shoot much but when he does is really efficient yeah and it's probably like 30 years old at this point <laughs> and um they've hit on a freshman guard named el marco jackson who's a four-star player out of high school um not much of a three-point shooter but as a freshman he's already distributing the ball at a, at a high level uh, one interesting name for them though is do you remember they grabbed uh what's it what's the school uh Towson transfer Nick Timberlake who's like one of the top transfer portal prospects mm-hmm. in the country this past off season yeah he's not really playing very much I feel like that's happened the last couple of years where uh, there's like transfers who are you know high high performing guards or something coming out of the, like the Missouri Valley or you know that level yeah and then they just don't even play when they go to Kansas because yeah. go to a place where they're covered up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he shot 221 threes last season and made 42% of them. And he's playing 30% of available minutes and has only attempted 19 threes so far in eight games. And, uh, you know, there was another team that had a opening at the two guard spot that would have taken a, would have let you shoot, you know, 300 threes if you want. Some of those don't make any sense. I agree. He was probably told he was going to be the star player, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, maybe they're just getting these young guys to play early and he'll ha- take on a bigger role uh, in conference play. But they're really good. Um, trying to find a weakness. They don't turn you over a lot on defense it's kind of interesting they also like missouri their defensive average possession length is very high so their teams are using up a lot of the shot clock against them and they're not turning people over but they're just not giving you good looks Mm -hmm. just consistently not giving you good looks they're so athletic on the perimeter and dickinson cleans stuff up down low that it kind of makes it easy for them. Yeah, I was watching their game against Connecticut from, I guess, last week is whenever that was, and just, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly what you just said. UConn actually shot the ball pretty well from three, but just nothing looked easy. They were just they were throwing up crazy shots that were just going in, and that was like the only thing keeping them in the game. So, it is uh, it is not going to be easy. The environment, I'm sure, is going to be insanity because it's still Kansas, Missouri. Um, and that's something to get excited about. Yeah. Now, uh, Kansas on offense, this is an interesting stat I found there. Number one in the country in assists per field goal made. So a very large percentage of their buckets are coming off of an assist. Yeah. So they, they move the ball well. They spread it around. They have multiple guys that can fill it up offensively. Um, I think... As a Mizzou fan, you got to just know that it's really hard to win there. And this Missouri team, if everybody gets hot at the same time, you've got enough three-point shooters. I don't know. If I'm the coaching staff, maybe you try to play small a little bit yeah. and just rain threes. And if you, you, you're you probably not going to win this game anyway. If so you're hitting, you're hitting. Yeah. Shoot 45% on like... 35 three-point attempts maybe you're in this game that's what those that's how those upsets happen in the ncaa tournament Mm -hmm. i feel like those kind of like small schools just start just shoot 43s in a game and just see what happens (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I mean, get Shawnee really well on the road. That's year. true, and it's a little bit different environment than like Minnesota, but true. But yeah, they've gone on the road now, played two true road games, and looked good in both of them. So they've got that under their belt. It's a little bit different environment, though. You're right, a little bit. Mm. Cam, they are retiring Thomas Robinson's number or his jersey. Yeah, at this game, it was a foul. First yeah. of all, I'd yeah. like to say that. I'd like to make that clear. Yeah. It's a foul. They're celebrating a missed call by the refs. But we're complaining about a missed call by the refs this many years later. That was just a heartbreaking moment. And it's just very, that's very clever of them. That's very savage. Yeah, to pull that out at this moment. But, you know, anybody who was watching that game knows what actually happened. Right. That's exactly right. I was looking back at, I'm changing subject slightly, but. Thank uh, you. Looking at Memphis, who is one of Missouri's only two losses, they climbed as high as 27th in Kimpom with a win over Arkansas. But then they've lost their last two to Villanova and Ole Miss. I thought I saw a tweet that Ole Miss stormed the court after beating Memphis. Um, I don't know if anyone see. can like vet that information. It looks like it was fairly dramatic at the end. Yeah, three-point um, game maybe. Yeah. So, oh, no. I, uh, I thought I saw a picture of people on the court. So that's, I, that that's seems like questionable uh, behavior. That seems literally impossible that you would storm the court <laughs> after being Memphis, but whatever. Um, yeah, Ole Miss, of course, uh, really solid team so far with Chris Beard. Yeah, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to predict a win in Lawrence, Kansas, because even if Missouri made you know 23s in this game there's more factors to overcome you gotta you've got more uh, you got the crowd and you got, you the, got refs. the refs absolutely so what? They, and they feed into each other and make this just yeah this all little connected. whirlpool of awfulness what bogus calls will we get to witness on saturday i'd love to just be in a position where that where matters. it matters yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let me see if I have any other basketball stuff here. What's Missouri's schedule after that? Um, play Seton Hall in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, but that we'll, we'll talk again before that. So Seton Hall, Illinois, Central Arkansas, and then conference play begins yeah. January 6th. Illinois has been playing well too. Mm-hmm. So 14th in Kempom. A couple of big games still left uh, in the non-conference. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see uh, – one thing Missouri could do a little bit better, I think, is just uh, keeping up that – trips to the foul line. Got to keep that going. Did such a good job against Wichita State, but that's yeah. been absent in, in a couple other games. Yeah, keep driving to the basket and actually shoot. Yeah, Shawnees, keep shooting the ball, buddy. You're doing <laughs> awesome. 22 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 steals. Yeah, it's a, that's a great game. He's going to make me – regret saying that you can't have a, a tournament team with Shawnee's being your leading scorer all season. He's he's looking like he might make me regret saying that. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to some football stuff. Before we do that, Producer Cameron, do you have our mailbag question queued up? No, but I'll get it queued up real quick. <laughs> all right. Bro had one job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're doing a great. You're doing a great job. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, we've got another mailbag question this time about Coach Drink. Keep okay. them coming. I was I thinking say. more about uh, last week's mailbag. I just that that question keeps haunting me. It's irking you because I don't want to lose any of the three. But you don't have to. At least as of now. In real life, we don't have to. Thank goodness. But I think I just which is the best life. Your argument about uh, DRF maybe being the one to replace i think it makes sense i thought you were gonna call me out no like your argument just is no the more i think about it is just terrible no i think it makes sense i don't even remember what my argument was uh basically just of the three she was the one you would be most okay with right replacing okay you gotcha. and if i saw like breaking news if breaking news right now yes Eli Drinkwitz got hired to go coach. I would be devastated. I would physically fall to my knees. Yeah. If this past offseason, Dennis Gates was hired away. I would fall to my knees. Yes. Yeah. If 
I get breaking news that Desiree Reed Francois is now taking over as athletic director of some other place. I probably fall to my knees, but then I'm thinking like, there's got to be someone already here mm-hmm. or like, there, you know, we can fix this. Yeah. Like we can recover from this. I agree. It would kind of feel like just like grabbing at everything, just trying to keep it together. Yeah. Let's keep just the magic going. Keep it together. Keep it together. But feels more possible. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Okay, our mailbag question from this week is from Rylan. Rylan says, I am a firm believer in Coach Drink, but if he does end up with some subpar seasons in the future, how long is his leash? I'm assuming this year got him a little extra leeway considering he was on the hot seat last season. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. I would maybe push back on hot seat accusations slightly. I think some fans were there, though, with him. Yeah, I think for the most part we... This this season, I don't think we talked hot seat really. No, last off season. But I can understand where you're coming from there. It could have gotten there quickly. Yeah, right. This season, what could have put him on the hot seat? Yes, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Um, now the good news is we're probably not going to have to think about this too hard because, as I'm going to go over in some football news, Eli Drinkwitz, SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah. Um, which nets him a nice little $25,000 bonus. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, makes his leash infinite yeah, for I, the time being. At this point, like I, I don't think we're, th- we're going to be thinking about this for a while. Um, Missouri football has more momentum than maybe ever. Is that crazy to say? I mean, I would say... A lot of momentum in 2013-14. 2015 season... Um, that was there was a lot of momentum there back to back SEC East and going in, into fifteen yeah okay, in, in yeah. theory you know before everything went terrible in theory you were bringing back Maddie Mock and DGB for right. a while yeah you know uh well yeah anyways uh an incredible amount of momentum yeah uh, this transfer portal season it's kind of probably only add fuel to the fire yeah uh we just preseason t- expectations next year are going to be yes that's true. Yeah, so we just went ten and two. We're number nine in the country. We're, we're about to play Ohio State in a bowl, and very likely could win that game. Um, we're not really, we're definitely not thinking about it at all this off season. But right. that's true. Coming into next season, expectations will be high. We're gonna probably keep keep the gang together, which means like what eight wins floor, yeah, if, uh, basically. So. I guess if we just come out and somehow win like six games next year, then yeah, or maybe we're thinking was last year a fluke, but. I think maybe we got a sneak peek of what a hot seat trajectory could look like. Right. Like, uh, if this season that we just went ten and two underwhelms, right. then you're he's absolutely on the hot seat this going into next season. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It would still feel like this is the year. Now, some fans would be done, depending on what that looked like. Yeah. You know, another six and six year. Yeah, a lot of fans are done. Yeah, um, that's true. And especially if the offense hadn't quite put it together, yeah, it's just kind of depend like depend on what your definition is of like med- me- on mediocre. But I watched an interview with Brady Cook that he did um, maybe a couple weeks ago, where he was just talking about the transition from Barry Odom, uh, which he was recruited by Barry Odom, and um, what that looked like going into a new coach and all this stuff. And you know, we talk about how long it takes to rebuild a program, really kind of almost with recruiting in mind and how long it takes to get you know young players up to speed and stuff but sometimes i think we forget about culturally on like internally how Mm -hmm. long it takes to get people rowing the boat the same direction and there was a lot of you know players and stakeholders that were that did not want to see barry odom get fired right and so it was i think it was kind of a tumultuous uh transition yeah and so obviously that added a year or two to like getting everything going the right way and, um, and very rarely do you transition to a no, new coach and everybody is bought in immediately exactly so, so yeah yeah i don't know that this was a super unique situation necessarily right. but i am choosing to believe in this moment that coach Jinkwitz has kind of figured something out missouri is on a really exciting trajectory right now and i don't think it's a fluke mm-hmm. and so i don't think that we're going to have to worry about mediocre seasons in the next couple of years and uh I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, we're headed that direction and we don't have to worry about it. 
And it's just worth noting, like, Missouri has not won 10 games in a season all that often. So what the kind of comfort and leeway that affords the coach yeah. of Missouri football. Exactly. That's, I mean, that can't really be overstated. I mean, if we really want to, if I had to say what could put him on the hot seat, like some kind of pretty big disaster last year obviously could mix things up quite a bit, but that feels like fairly unlikely with just a lot, the most of the offense returning, whatever we get in the transfer portal. So like, I mean, three, 500 seasons in a row, and then you're going into the fourth thinking you better, you better bounce back. Yeah. I mean, I think like it would be yeah. that long from now. He might've just literally like restarted his, his coaching. Yeah. yeah. Like, job over yeah at year one almost yeah. in that way of right. as far as expectations and leash yeah length yeah yeah missouri just doesn't go 10 and 2 very often right so yeah now it does feel like year to year obviously but i don't know he's kind of shown that like if a bad year really is 500 if the if the worst year under eli drinkwitz is a 500 team where you still maybe win when you shouldn't but then you lose a couple maybe you shouldn't I think the fans can live with that uh, settling for mediocrity, I know, but you're going to have a bad season every once in a while. Yeah. And if bad for Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri Tigers is 500-ish. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how much the goalposts of expectations move after the season. Yeah. Well, it'd be very interesting to, to notice, like, yeah. sort of what the vibe is there. Yep. Good question, though. Keep them coming. Appreciate it, especially going into a little bit slower time. Um. Now we can move on to the transfer portal. Kyle, we're going to talk about transfer portal here, but let's cut to the chase because this just happened as we're recording that Toriano Pride has committed to the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, so this actually uh, works out really well timing-wise because we were just about to tell you about all the transfers. Actually, not all of them, but uh, a lot of the transfers that Missouri... Um, has been involved with, has shown interest in, has offered uh, some of the guys that are going to be visiting. But Toriano Pride was definitely kind of like the headliner, um, a guy that we were going to say we felt very confident about Missouri um, landing. But uh, Pride is a cornerback um, transferring from Clemson, who was originally a four-star recruit from East St. Louis. So obviously Missouri really wanted him out of high school, uh, and that didn't happen. But uh, we are losing two cornerbacks most likely to the NFL this season. And uh, I would say Pride's probably um, the number one cornerback in the transfer portal right now. I mm-hmm. think that most national analysts would probably agree with that. Um, he's only he's only just finished his sophomore, his true sophomore season. and He played a decent amount as a, a true freshman and sophomore at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, played in 26 games in, in those two seasons, had 37 tackles. Uh, two tackles for loss and nine pass breakups. So like a sack and an interception and stuff. So uh, pretty uh, productive career so far, especially for how young he's been for a defense that was really, really good at Clemson. So um, this might have been like my number one desire um, in the transfer portal to begin with. And, you know, we heard rumors a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Missouri was going to probably be swinging big mm-hmm. um, this offseason. And it was kind of like a name that we almost were joking about. Like, oh, we'll see if Toriano Pride wants to come back home. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the first transfer that Missouri's landed so far. So getting off to a, a hot start. I mean, literally two days ago was the first day, the first official day of the transfer portal opening. I mean, mm-hmm. guys were announcing that they were going to be in the portal right. before that. But Monday, as in two days ago, was really the first day that you could actually even do anything so pretty much right off the bat right and we were about to say that toriano pride entered the transfer portal specifically with which something that i didn't even know existed before this a no contact tag meaning coaches do not reach out he already knows where he's going yeah it's it's done and um yeah so we had a pretty good feeling that was going to happen just it was going to be a matter of when and uh, that just broke a few minutes ago um jumping back to high school real quick he was a four-star player, according to 24-7 Sports, um, number 40 in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, not the composite, uh, number two player in the state of Illinois, went to East St. Louis, and um, yeah, I mean, was recruited by everybody, all the big dogs, all the blue bloods, and Mizzou was right there, but 
when it came down to it, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And so far, you know, that was obviously before the days of NIL and stuff like that. So, um, but it has looked like a hit so far, even for a four-star recruit has looked like very much a hit in yeah. his college career and will be a automatic starter, uh, probably play every down yep. that's available uh, next season and looks like a pro prospect. And there are some guys on this most recent uh, version of Mizzou football that have been getting some deals with a certain St. Louis-based pizza company. <laughs> so I, you know, just makes sense. St. Louis guy, come back home, maybe get some of that Emo's money. Yeah. <laughs> um, start going to Emo's more often. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do we even have one in spring? I think we have maybe one in Springfield. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where I don't say that I don't care for St. Louis style pizza. I didn't say it. I'm not going to. Absolutely. Um, so cornerback though, got the best one out there. How, as far as like positionally, how high is cornerback on your list of needs specifically from the transfer portal? Yeah. I mean, I think it would probably have to be number one. Um, Losing Ennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams Drain. Um, I mean, I'm, I think uh, I'm pretty sure Ennis Rakestraw has like uh, accepted invites to play in some of the like senior bowl type stuff. And mm-hmm. so he's pretty much almost 100% gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Abrams Drain, 99.9% gone and hopefully should just probably go continue his, his yeah. pro career. Yeah. Not start I mean, his pro career. I, yeah. I mean, it would be, I guess it would be something to have either one of them back, but. I don't think any Mizzou fans are even necessarily hoping for it at this point. Yeah, it's like, like we just we understand. Yeah, um, but you know Marcus Clark played well. Uh, Norwood played well. Mm-hmm. So um, you know there's there's guys in that room, but Toriano Pride will will almost 100 percent be the starter or be one of the starters there at cornerback. So yeah. that's exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say defensive tackle is going to be a need for sure as well, and those are probably uh, the two biggest things. And running back, so uh, two or three pretty big needs. Cornerback is one of them. Adding pride, do you feel like we're still in the market for another guy to start most snaps alongside him? Or do you feel like one of the returners ought to be able to step up and fill that spot and maybe we're just looking for depth? Yeah, I think it would probably be more depth. I mean, unless there's a really good cornerback that wants to transfer. I would say uh, most likely, though, uh, Norwood and Marcus Clark probably split some snaps at the other corner spot. They played enough this year that yeah. I feel like the reps are there. Yeah, and I mean, it's a long season, and injuries happen. It's really easy to just get dinged up a little bit here and there. There's going to be plenty of available snaps, I think. Awesome. And it I don't know, just so great to have that lockdown so early and just kind of set the tone of this transfer portal season, getting one of the best players out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't want to take that for granted. Oh, that's this exciting. Is, this new territory. And it's like basically something we kind of knew was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. It's still exciting to see it official. Yes. And I just saw Toriano Pride uh, like send out his personal tweet and you know, just seeing that is cool. Yes. It's official. Keep it coming. Um, okay. So we're talking about cornerbacks. We're talking about running back, defensive tackle. Um, I would probably throw linebacker in there. Uh, with yeah. Hopper leaving and there's a lot of needs. Uh, yeah, some transfers out of that room, but I with linebacker position that feels like you know it's just the reality of the situation. It feels like we're moving on from guys who we're expecting would not have ever seen playing time. I think so. Okay. Um, you know, there was some uh, you know Carmichael Glass is a guy that's announced he was transferring. Um, DJ Wesolak is a guy who's kind of been defensive end, linebacker, kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Um, I believe Xavier Simmons was a guy who um, I think had to medically retire, right? Am I mm. mixing him up with somebody else? I don't know. But we've had some young guys that are transferred out, and it's unfortunate to see, definitely. But, um, you know, I think that we've had some some good producers there. And just in this era of college football, um, I really think almost your first look is just what experienced players are out there that I know will produce right away. That worked out incredibly well with Hopper at linebacker. And, um, you know, I think you'll still have those guys like Chad Bailey, who was, you know, in the program for nearly three or four years before he ever really played consistently and was really good when he played. And Chuck Hicks was a transfer as well. Right. So, yeah, I think you're still going to just see kind of a, a, a multitude of ways the guys come up into the system but and, you know, come to Mizzou. But I'm probably not, not too upset about anybody that we've seen transfer out. At linebacker 
Then um, who else do you have your eye on as far as people that are in the portal, guys that Mizzou maybe we already know will or should uh, reach out to? Yeah, so there's um, two guys that I know have confirmed uh, visits on Twitter um, coming up in the next week, and they're both in positions of need. So the first one we'll talk about is Marcus Carroll Jr., Mm -hmm. and he is a running back that's transferring from Georgia State. And he's scheduled to visit next week. And uh, I watched a little bit of this guy's film at Georgia State. He's um, he's fun to watch. And honestly, if I had to just compare him to someone, it's literally Cody Schrader. <laughs> like the same build. He's 5'10", 210. So he's just kind of short, stocky guy that will just run you over. He's not like elite speed type of guy, but um, he's agile enough to hit the hole. And like I said, we'll just he's a tough guy to, to bring down. Looks like, again... Very similar to Schrader, a very powerful runner yeah. who just keeps his legs churning, keeps fighting forward. Yeah, um, over 1,300 rush yards this year uh, with uh, 13 touchdowns on 274 carries. So that's 30 more carries than Schrader had this season. So uh, Georgia State was was feeding Carroll Jr. the ball. So at this point, you know, I think he's got a couple other uh, visits lined up, but you know, I think Missouri looks really good here considering like the the uh, amount of snaps that are going to be vacated by Pete and Schrader. Obviously there's opportunity to play for a top 10 team. That's got to be attractive. I'm just looking. Georgia state went six and six this year in the Sun Belt. Um, Didn't they played LSU a couple weeks ago? Oh yeah. Lost 56 to 14. Hey, that's about as many points as we gave up to LSU. Yeah. And Carol in that game, 15 rushes for 87 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you're playing LSU, it's like you even run the ball because you're just going to be playing catch-up the whole time. Right. So um, but They were definitely a run-heavy team this year, Georgia State. For sure. So that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, another guy that has confirmed a visit with Missouri this weekend is Anias Peebles, and he is a defensive tackle from Duke. Uh, I think he's a senior, so he may just have one more year to play. Um this past season, he had 40 tackles, four sacks, and eight and a half tackles for loss. So that's a very productive season for a defensive tackle, like an interior defensive lineman, mm-hmm. like um, was really putting pressure on the quarterback and making ta- tackles in the backfield. So that's uh, pretty impressive um, numbers there. He also has a visit uh, scheduled to SMU, and, and SMU is a very, very good team. Um, I think they just beat Tulane this past weekend. Correct. So they get a bowl matchup with Oregon. Ooh, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, just random thing. Uh, the tickets for the Fiesta Bowl, SMU versus Oregon, uh-huh. way cheaper, believe it or not, than uh, Cotton Bowl tickets. Yeah. Where Where is the Fiesta Bowl even played? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I already saw, like, Bo Nix for Oregon. He's playing. Like, they're going to be... Yeah. They're, they're going to be rolling in that game, probably, but... Uh, anyways, uh, so Peebles is another guy to keep an eye on there. Um, I had Toriano Pride listed next. We already talked about that. Um, okay, so you mentioned maybe offensive line and kind of trying to find some depth there. Obviously, we're going to be trying to replace Javon Foster, who is most likely also going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so Missouri has been taking a look at Carter Smith, who was the left tackle at Indiana, and he is a redshirt freshman and played himself into a starting role there played in all 12 of their games at indiana so um left tackle might be honestly one of the most underrated positions on the field um just kind of protecting the quarterback blind side and it's been so nice to have javon foster there um for a couple of seasons he's been incredible and having a a kind of a staple guy there is just you can't kind of overstate that yeah well and uh it's it's kind of crazy to be in this position. Coach Drink has talked about it multiple times. We're picking, not recruiting. Yeah. But the type of player that you mentioned there of a guy who went to Indiana and just played himself into a pivotal role Mm -hmm. very early on in his career. Yeah, as a a freshman, retro freshman. And if that's, if Missouri is able to, I mean, it's in the portal, but like if Missouri is able to grab that guy who has the trajectory hypothetical trajectory to go play anywhere and he's thinking uh you know i showed i'm good enough here in the big 10 at a mediocre school this year 
the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he should yeah. be thinking NFL dreams, mm-hmm. and we're putting a, a offensive lineman in the NFL this year. Yeah, feels like a good fit to just come in and replace him. But there's other uh, I'm there's, biased, uh, there's but... other SEC teams that can make the same pitch. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah exactly. And then this next guy we're going to talk about is kind of fits the mold of a guy who's just getting offers from everybody and missouri is just kind of throwing their hat in the ring and that's uh joey slackman and he is a defensive lineman from penn not penn state but penn Mm -hmm. and this uh this season again talking about just really productive defensive lineman 50 tackles 12 tackles for loss and four sacks so he's been one of the most sought after names in the portal so far he he announced that he was transferring early and a lot of uh, a lot of teams have been on him so far. So uh, I'm not really sure what chances Missouri has there, but would be would be awesome if we could uh, have a shot. Let me give you just a random name that I found uh, that maybe wants to come back home. I believe literally zero production, like has not really played, but originally from Columbia, Missouri, Father Tolton High School, went to Oklahoma State then Texas Tech, now in the transfer portal once again, Monroe Mills, offensive tackle. I don't know. Maybe uh, if you got a spot, he's like 6'6", 340 or something like that. Sounds like an so, offensive lineman. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, Cameron, we're picking now. That's so. true. That's true. No, for sure. That's uh, that's some good research there, you know, trying to find those guys that want to come back home. Maybe a diamond in the rough. That's Who what knows? Missouri football is all about. Yeah. You go somewhere, you realize you just can't beat good old home sweet home yeah come on back yeah that's what missouri's recruiting pitch is built on a little bit different though with him it seems like the uh player that missouri just kind of passed on out of high school potentially yeah i don't know his whole recruiting story but yeah um okay the last guy i've got listed here and there are way more guys that missouri's probably talking to but these are some of the some of the hitting the highlights here but arkansas has had a lot of guys transfer and probably one of the biggest names is chris paul jr he's a linebacker and he's had a very productive career so far uh, this past season. He had 74 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss. Um, and he's only a redshirt sophomore. So I think he's played three seasons, probably has uh, at least two or three more seasons of eligibility. Um, linebacker, like we said, is obviously an area of need. And uh, wouldn't it be fun just to steal a productive player from Arkansas? Absolutely. That like, player to be named in the Trajan Jeffcoat trade, Exactly. Right? Yeah. And he would even perform better at yeah, Missouri. I think, I think so. Um, that's what you got right for me right now. That's that's the guys that uh, kind of the, some of the big names that Missouri's involved with, and then I'm sure this list will yeah kind of ebb and flow every week. Yep, it's uh, really just getting started. Um, I you... did have some names of just kind of like big okay yeah. transfer. That's that what I, you... Yep, yep. Okay. Um, some notable transfers just in college football. Uh, speaking of Arkansas, um, Raheem Rocket Sanders. They gone star running back who honestly I thought after the season could be like a very high draft pick in the NFL draft, uh, maybe even a first round pick, which does not happen for running backs anymore. Um, cause he's just perfect. Like prototype build. Like he's just a big guy. He's really fast. Um, would just probably automatically be one of the top running backs in college football. If he was healthy all year long. Well, that's a concern. I mean, anybody who takes him, I feel like... Yeah, uh, he. I th- believe he's visiting South Carolina. Okay. Um, seems like kind of a weird... Honestly, I think he could go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it seems like a little bit of a weird uh, place to, to go visit. Honestly, I'd love Missouri to check in, and I think they probably will. So mm-hmm. that's definitely... Rocket Sanders is definitely a name to keep an eye on for Missouri. Um, the rest of these names are not names that are affiliated... Sure, that are sure. not... Missouri's not interested in these guys, but just kind of interesting guys that are transferring. But... Uh, Will Howard, who was the Kansas State quarterback for the past two seasons, is transferring. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then also their backup quarterback, who I actually just remembered it. I didn't even write his name down. Yeah. But both, so both, and he played some this right. season. Um, uh, so, more like running quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so both of those guys are transferring, and then they lost their offensive coordinator as well. Right. To Texas A&M. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So big changes. Speaking for, of Texas A and M, they're losing everybody. Yeah, their entire defensive line I think is in the portal. Oh yeah, and like Lebius, you lo- y- <laughs> young guys who uh, were like five star recruits. Yeah, who still have like can't even go to the NFL yet. 
Yeah. Uh, Nobody squanders talent like AM. Seriously. Actually, I, there are a few, but um I don't know. Look into some of these guys leaving AM, I say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um yeah, big changes for Kansas State though. Uh Dylan Gabriel, who was a very, very productive quarterback at Oklahoma this season. Man, they're I mean, say what you want about Oklahoma, but their offense was cooking for most mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh Kyle McCord, yeah. who is Ohio State's quarterback. And honestly, maybe those two guys just swap places. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but we'll talk about. We, I mean, we'll talk about Ohio State here for in a couple of minutes. Uh, but that's that's obviously huge. Uh, Juice Wells, who was a very good wide receiver at South Carolina, and it already sounds like he's going to end up somewhere else in the SEC, maybe Tennessee. Uh, Will Rogers, who was Mississippi State's quarterback before he got hurt, uh, just probably was not a good fit at Mississippi State. Honestly, he's kind of an air raid type guy maybe was a good fit in the former regime and then just yeah with all the changes they've had there um and i don't know why i even wrote this person's name down because it's going to be really hard to say it hey i was just looking up his pronunciation right now. but dj dj they call him dju uh like pretty much almost all the youtube highlights i looked at I was, like, I was trying to find the pronunciation they're just saying dju but dj ungale okay uh, who started his career at Clemson, then went to Oregon State, yes. and kind of like made them relevant. They were yeah. Oregon State was like a top twenty ish, yeah. top ten, top twenty team this season. Um, so he's looking to transfer. So, so big uh, names already. I feel like him to Ohio State, maybe, maybe so, maybe. But maybe I think Ryan Day came out already and said they're not looking for a quarterback in the transfer I feel portal. Like they, that's a lie. They yeah. have to. Yeah. Was that, that before? I don't know, but. Uh, if you're ready to talk Ohio State for a sec, yeah, uh, yeah, they've. We're not going to do a full preview of the uh, Cotton Bowl right now, but yeah, uh, Missouri playing Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, massive, huge opportunity. Uh, Ohio State fans think they should have been in the playoff still. Uh, I don't know about that one, but I talked to one actual real life person. Wow, who thinks Ohio State should be in the playoff? He wasn't even joking. Uh, so yeah. Um, and yeah, we're just, what an incredible opportunity for Missouri. And I don't care. We're going to talk about Ohio state players are, they're leaving. They've already had 12 players announce they're transferring. They've got guys transferring. They've got guys who are going to go pro and not play in the bowl game. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't care about any of that. Oh, I'll tell you all about it. Maybe not today. Well, I want to hear about it, but not from <laughs> Ohio state fans. Exactly. I no, this is an opportunity for Missouri to knock off one of the biggest brands in college football, one of the biggest brands in college sports. Yeah. And I don't care who's playing for them. They're talented. And yes. And this a, is an opportunity. a program that comes into the state of Missouri from time to time and takes top five guys out of St. Louis or that, Kansas City. That might be the biggest thing right there. Yeah. Stop taking our players. Yeah. <laughs> out of our yeah. out of our state. Yeah. So, yeah, just an incredible opportunity there. And, I mean, I, I, it's good news for me. I say good news for Mizzou fans is – Ohio State as a team seems not bought into playing in the Cotton Bowl. No, it's, I mean, we'll see how the game goes. I don't want to just say this is going to be like a walk in the park or something. No, but no. Like, at least on like a narrative street, this is the greatest possible thing that could have ever happened for Missouri to yeah. get into a, a New Year's Six Bowl against a huge brand who's not taking the game seriously. Yeah. Missouri's taking the game very seriously, yeah. has like everybody coming back and ready to go. I don't know of anybody that's sitting out. Yeah, um, I think the staff has basically, like confirmed that everybody's going to play except yeah. maybe Rake Straw, who probably was won't. like questionable health wise. Yeah, I would say the only thing at this point maybe it might be questionable is Blake Baker because I think that you know he might be looking to move up in the job market. But sorry to sorry to bring mm-hmm. that up. Things were going really well there for yeah. a second, <laughs> but and you never never know. But I would not be surprised if he's not coaching in that game. But I think we'll be all right. Uh, Ohio State though they're losing their starting quarterback. Um, Weird situation there where Ryan Day was in an interview talking about it wasn't exactly clear to me if it was talking only about next season or if the bowl game was being discussed as well, but it kind of got turned into one question just about evaluating the quarterback position. He was incredibly noncommittal, was not really singing the praises of uh, what's his name, Kyle McCord. Yeah, and just didn't really say a whole lot, and it seemed odd watching it. And then, sure enough, the next day, he goes into the portal. Hmm. It's very... I was seeing some Ohio State people talk about, like, 
well, was it the non-committal answer and attitude from Day that pushed him into the portal, or was that the only answer he could give in that moment because he already knew yeah. that McCord was going into the portal? Yeah. Who knows? Well, but. all things considered, with the weapons that he had, McCord was very average. Yeah. And um, maybe it was, I don't know if he was asked to leave or just... I don't know what the situation was. I mean, his he first year like, as a starter, though, yeah. like he wasn't terrible no. by any means. Yeah, I yeah, mean, they were they were good enough. Um, yeah, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and a bunch of their marquee guys that are they've got maybe six guys across their whole roster that are projected first or second round picks in the NFL draft. Two of which are wide receivers. Yeah, and their third wide receivers transferring. Correct. So <laughs> who knows who's going to play wide receiver for them? I mean, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr is right now in mocks going as the t- number two overall pick in the draft which is a pretty especially for i don't know it's that's pretty unheard of yeah. in recent memory yeah. to go that high it's like jamar chase type yeah. talent so yeah. i would be surprised if he plays in the game but we'll know a lot more when yes we, when we actually a couple it. weeks before uh we get all that settled and yeah. uh i'm just i mean best case scenario though i'm i'm super excited yeah I'm going to watch a lot more Ohio State highlights and tape just to, yeah. I don't know, it's kind of fun, just this opponent. It, honestly, I've talked so many times about, like, I'm tired of playing old Big 12 teams. Yes. I want to play, one, uh, like, a marquee program from another conference. This is that. That, exa- like, even <laughs> surpasses what I was hoping for yeah. previous times when I said that. For sure. I was this thinking. This is a team we do just do not play yeah. ever. I was, uh, there's a little bit of history uh, I saw on Twitter, uh, uh clip of missouri beating ohio state never going to remember what year it was long time ago judging by the film uh but missouri it was like the 80s beat ohio state and snapped their at the time i think 29 game home winning streak mm. uh you know a couple eons ago i think i saw they were uh, ohio state's like two and 12 versus the sec in bowl games and mm-hmm. however long yeah that would be mm-hmm uh, so I gotta keep that I going. saw another one of those that was not good for Missouri. I can't remember what it was. Missouri's like. Yeah, Missouri uh, hasn't done so well in bowl games in the last decade or so either. Yeah, maybe it was just bowl games, and I was like, oh, I don't want to read that anymore. <laughs> um, uh, where were we here? How did we get on this? Ohio State. Oh, um, I did want to circle back around to Blake Baker, though, because that is a serious concern is uh, Willie Fritz former head coach at Tulane took the head coaching or accepted the head coaching job at Houston and our guy Blake Baker played at Tulane and they are now looking for a head coach yeah it seems almost like too good to be true um with Blake Baker to Tulane it just seems like a perfect match yeah maybe it's just too perfect that it just won't happen never hire alumni right it's not a good idea never hire former players no Everything will be tainted yeah. in five and years you from don't, now. Yeah, you don't want to burn those bridges, right? I agree. Just keep being the the defensive coordinator at, at Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best. That's, that's best-case scenario for him, yeah, career-wise. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though. Coach Drinkwitz specifically was asked something about the assistance maybe a month ago, um, not that long, uh, and he said he would support either one of them going and getting a better job, but he... Yeah, I mean, but, Kirby Moore could could definitely go get a, another job, too. But he said uh, that, I can't remember the wording, but he would not necessarily support them doing a lateral move. And I think, in Coach Drink's mind, Baker taking any defensive coordinator any spot other coordinator job. is a lateral move. Yep. Same for Kirby, but... Um, you yeah. know, I don't. I don't think he would blame the guy for going and taking a head coaching job at his alma mater. I gotta agree with that. Yep. I hope we don't have to deal with that. We but. might. <laughs> I haven't quite. I haven't started looking at defensive coordinator names yet. Don't but. just just enjoy it till you have to. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, kind of bouncing around here to a lot of different things. Um. I did want to mention that CBS Sports came out with their All-American team. Cody Schrader, first team All-American. That's as good as you can get. Luther Burden, Chris Abrams-Drain, and Javon Foster, second team All-American. That's awesome. We many, um, probably more seasons than not, have nobody on any of those kind of lists. Yeah. Like national lists. Yeah. So to have three or four of them is pretty incredible. And um, 
maybe I said this last week, but tied with Alabama for most on all SEC teams. That's awesome. Cody Schrader won the Burlesworth. He took it home. Trophy. He, he went back into Arkansas, came out with a trophy again. Stealing all the hardware. Yeah. He had a really good joke. I tuned in just just in time, right after they announced his name, to see him take the stage and give a little speech. And he opened with something like he was thanking the awards show for uh, allowing, allowing him allowing to, him to uh, enter Arkansas and leave again safely. Yeah. <laughs> that was just like a perfect yeah. little just perfect little jab. Classy jab. Classy. Gets the point across. Yeah. Got a good laugh out of the room. Oh, yeah. Got to make fun of Arkansas. But, um, yeah, what an incredible season for him. Yeah. Pretty almost mind-blowing season with all things considered. I was thinking about sort of, you know, there's a decent chance. Obviously, Missouri is bringing in uh, Carroll for a visit. They're looking to replace, maybe not, maybe not use the word replace, but they're looking to find the next type of Cody Schrader who can come in and run for over a thousand yards and put up some numbers. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before that Coach Trinkwitz historically, when he finds his guy, he just runs him into the ground. Yeah. And he did that with, with Darrington Evans. He did that with Tyler Beatty. He did it with Cody Schrader. Once he has confidence in you, you're going to be getting the ball a lot. And I've got to think that's got to be uh, something they can they can tell whoever they're talking to. Um, I feel like as I feel like some Mizzou fans, and I think I was in this boat very recently where I'm thinking okay, well, we're doing this with Tyler Beatty. We're doing this with Cody Schrader. What would it look like to get maybe like a former five-star recruit out of the portal who just needs a chain of, change of scenery but has like all the physical tools to like be an NFL back? Yeah. What would that look like in this offense? And yeah. I, I don't know if the staff is, is thinking about it that way it feels like it's more likely that they are looking for someone who can just execute the game plan. Just headstrong. Yeah, and and it doesn't necessarily, maybe they're maybe not as interested in 40 times or, you know, cone drill times. Yeah. They're looking for, can you read your blocks correctly? Can you set up the linebackers for a cutback? All the stuff that Cody Schrader, when he was able to come, his able to overcome his lack of, top end speed mm -hmm. he was able to do that with some of those mental aspects and just like the toughness of yeah being an elite running back right yeah i would definitely say marcus carroll uh the transfer from georgia state that we talked about definitely fits that mold more so than measurables guy yeah um but i think we've seen that a player like that can do a lot of damage yeah it'll just be i feel like i'll be wanting like every time a running back name goes into the portal if it's like a premier athlete, I'm going to yeah. be thinking, oh, what could that, what could they do in this offense? But yeah. I think maybe we need to be prepared for a more under the radar guy to step up because, yeah. I mean, like even Tyler Beatty, we were worried about him transferring to Memphis, Yeah, you know, before he blew up. Yeah. Tyler Beatty was like one of the least heralded recruits in that entire recruiting class. Right. I mean, that won't, that won't stop me from thinking, what if we got, yeah. you know, yeah. that premier athlete at this spot, but. I think the the staff knows what they're looking for there, clearly. Um, no pick them this week. I feel like it, it doesn't... Well, we can... Oh, you give a recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to give me something to do. That's true. That's true. And we got to hear that music. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. All right, so last week, we only had one game. It was the Georgia... Alabama SEC championship game. Well, wow, I got zero points on the whole week. Zero yeah. points. I got infinitely more points than you. Wow. Incredible. Oh. Was that game a little bit of a letdown? Alabama jumps out just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Felt, I honestly don't even know if I watched the whole thing. It felt like uh, Georgia was trying to come back late, but just, it, was like, it just kind of felt like, well, this is what happens when Georgia has to play a really good team. Yeah. Because they didn't really have to do that all year. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, they had to play Mizzou. That was yeah. probably the best team they played all year. Really uh, kind of created a little bit of chaos with the final four yeah. teams. Yeah, I, I actually did watch the like unveiling of the playoff teams because I was legitimately like enthused to see yeah. who that like the three and four teams are going to be. So that was fun, having a little, like, I actually don't know who these teams are going to be. How much, uh, producer camera's waiting on us now, but how much, uh, <laughs> how legit is 
Florida State. Like, what are your thoughts there? Is it is that I a just, big argument, you I, think? No, they, I just literally feel like the only explanation is like, this sucks, but it was the right decision. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like they, I mean, they have those like that written into their um the kind of the clause written in that's like even if there's coaching changes even if there's injuries like we have to pick the best four teams and i mean obviously if you're Mich michigan would you rather play florida state without their star quarterback or alabama right like oh uh, i think that's basically like i saw a video right of michigan's team seeing that they were going to play alabama of course and they were like just there was like this oh yeah just like <laughs> visibly like disappointment yeah in that room that they were matched up against yeah. alabama i think that's all you need to know right there to know, to know that the committee made the right decision even though it was probably very difficult to do and just devastating for florida state and the way texas and alabama were attached to each other in the rankings yeah since the first week they came out it was like yep no matter how good alabama is as long as texas doesn't lose yep they're gonna stay one spot ahead of them they'll rise together yeah and it which worked i don't out. yeah i mean it worked out i don't really know that i like agree with that but i understand why it had to happen that way like if alabama and texas play again which they might i think alabama shows up but yeah let me give me a give me an alabama texas national championship can is that possible and alabama just destroy them that is possible yeah uh, that's what i'm rooting for i think who does texas play uh i'm blanking who's the other uh, washington, washington. I'd rather see Washington get there. Okay. But Texas it, losing either way would be nice. If yeah. Georgia wins the SEC championship, does Florida State get in? Definitely better chance, yeah, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Over, yeah, two, well, hold on. Who was fifth? Uh, no, well, over Texas? Texas and Alabama. Because Georgia's in and yeah. Washington and Michigan. Yeah, so it'd only be one more spot. Oh, that's true. Texas would have gotten in probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think Florida State, there was nothing they could have done. There was no other outcomes like that final week. That... I mean, if the the only thing they could have done is like blow out Florida and Louisville with their backup quarterback, maybe that does it. Yeah. I was, I was also thinking though, like imagine Mizzou going undefeated and then Brady Cook gets injured and sam horn time to shine and the committee's like actually no you don't you don't get to be in the playoff obviously it never happens an undefeated sec champion doesn't right. matter what happens to them that's true yeah they could lose half their team and yeah going the in. strength of schedule would be better and all that yeah for sure but all that, right yeah. digression sorry <laughs> anyway week 14 georgia versus alabama kyle and i picked georgia cameron and the guest pickers i can't remember who it was uh daddy jd oh i remember it all right the savior the legend yes <laughs> the legend himself he just doesn't miss you need a pick guest pickers you, you need a clutch pick at least you know who to call at least he, we only had one game for him to pick seriously <laughs> if he was the picker every week we'd be down by 40 points that is true so cameron and the guest pickers got congratulations two points. congratulations just copying what the guest picker did. Hey, right. I'm not above it. Yeah, I'm not above it. That brings our season total is two. Cameron has 75. Guest pickers have 79. I have 80. And Kyle has 81. It's holding on for dear life. Just we'll got to close it out. We'll have eight or nine games to pick. Bowl games. And, bowl season. And then some, probably. Oh. National championship game. Mm -hmm. ah, if it's and SEC. then one. Maybe yeah. not some. I gotcha. Anyway. That's that. Well, good work, everybody. Long season of picks behind us. Almost done with it. Wow. Um, oh, I didn't even talk about SEC rushing leaders. Oh, well. It basically, all, all that was, was uh, I made a list of the SEC rushing leaders for every year going back to 2015, uh, just to see how Cody's season stacked up and like what kind of awards came with that title. And a couple funny things like uh, um, Lynn Bowden Jr., for Kentucky. SEC leading rusher. SEC leading rusher, 1,400 rushing yards in 2019. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the top running back, which these stats are kind of insane for him. He put up 1,400 yards on just 215 carries. It's hmm. like 30 maybe fewer best, than Schrader. Maybe the best offense in college football history. Correct. Uh, but only in the last, almost in the last eight seasons, uh, only two players had any kind of Heisman talk out of this list of SEC rushing leaders, both Alabama running backs, 
Najee Harris was fifth in Heisman voting in 2020 and won the Doak Walker Award. He had like, what, 26 touchdowns or 26 something? 26 touchdowns. That's a big number. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, 1,400 yards, 26 touchdowns. And then going back to 2015, Derek Henry won the Heisman, which like Alabama running back winning the Heisman, that f- felt more normal in 2015, I feel like. But these stats are ridiculous. 395 carries, 2,219 yards, and 28 touchdowns. Yeah, that's got to be one of the most productive running back seasons ever. Insane. So, but Cody Schrader's up there. He's in that. He's in that. Those that yep. company of names. Yeah, Cody Schrader and Tyler Beatty will be there forever. That's true. Um, Mizzou had the leading rusher in the SEC two of the last three seasons. Yeah, in case you hadn't heard that yet, that's that's tweetable. Yeah, I I may have seen that tweet before. Um, yeah, but it did kind of give me a little peace of mind. I felt maybe like Cody Schrader was getting. Uh, what's the word? Left out of getting snubbed, maybe snubbed. for some of the national awards. But looking at precedent here, fairly normal, unless you're an Alabama running back. You forget anything else before we get out of here? I think that's it. All right. Then, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keynes, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Lewis Hernandez, and Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, we love you very much. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. Send us your mailbag questions. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.